This audio podcast is owned by Mike James and SmoothJazzAndMore.com for the sole purpose of entertaining our audience. Any use of this audio podcast in any other form without the express written consent of Mike James or SmoothJazzAndMore.com is strictly prohibited. Copyright 2008, SmoothJazzAndMore.com. All rights reserved. I'm here with Nick Colleone, smooth jazz guitarist, and uh, his latest CD is called No Limits. Now, tell me about the CD. How did you come up with the name of the album? Well, No Limits, I came up with that because when I was when I was getting ready to record, I was trying to figure out which way I was going to go with this record. You know, uh, my main thing was I didn't want a record, another record that sounded exactly like the last record. So I uh, said, okay, well, which way am I going with the music? Then I said, well, you know what? I can go anywhere with the music. I'm, you know, so I'm not going to put any limitations on what I can do. On just, I'm not going to try to stick with one genre or anything else. So it's going to be no limits. Wherever it takes me, that's where I'm going. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, this is how many how many CDs have you done in your um, career so far? This uh, No Limits is this my sixth CD. Six CD. Now, um, this has actually really done very well it, on the uh, Billboard album charts as well as uh, in regular smooth jazz radio airplay. Are you surprised with your success right now? Every day I'm surprised, <laughs> you know. I'm happy, but I'm surprised, you know, and then sometimes I'm, boy, it took long enough, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, I feel blessed that, uh, you know, I am starting to get some recognition, you know, from radio and, you know, from the live audiences around the country, you know, which is what we all kind of strive for as musicians from the day we start playing. But uh, the success over the over the last, you know, since 2003, it's been really, you know, shocking and surprising, and I'm very grateful for it. And like I said, you know, as surprised as I am, you know, it's still sometimes I have to say, well, man, it took a long time to just to get to that point, you know, and uh, I don't feel like I'm getting ready to stop now. I hope not, you know, so I hope there's no limits on how far I can go. <laughs> how did you get started in the music business? I got started in music at home. I started playing guitar just before I was nine years old. My stepfather played guitar, and uh, I picked it up from him. And uh, in the beginning, you know, my brother and I, we started a band when we were like little kids. We had a little band, you know, me and my brother and another guy on the block. And my biological father, he became our manager. And from the beginning, I knew this is what I wanted to do. You know, I... Uh, you know, when my brother stopped playing when we were teenagers, you know, as, as he got to be 17, 18 years old, he, you know, he quit playing. And uh, I knew I didn't ever want to do anything else but this. So I just kind of stuck with it and went for it and, you know, hopefully made all the right sacrifices throughout my career. And, uh, well, I guess I did something right then. Now I'm starting to get, you know, known, and that's a good thing. Now... Who was your biggest influence growing up while you were playing? Who was the biggest influence in your career? I would say Wes Montgomery, you know. I uh, 
I was exposed to Wes Montgomery. Wes Montgomery was probably the first guitar player that I was ever exposed to musically because my mom and uh, my stepdad, they were so into Wes Montgomery and Kenny Burrell that, uh, and then some George Benson came along later, but I would have to say the most influential person who I tried to emulate as a kid was Wes Montgomery. And then as I got into my teens, you know, I started emulating the guys, you know, that I listened to with my peers, you know, uh, a lot of rock music, Hendrix and, you know, R&B players. And, but Wes would be at the top of the list for me. Now, are there any musicians or music artists that you would like to play for now and down the future or is there anyone that you enjoy playing with uh, in concert or in the studio? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of guys out here now that I, I really love playing with and jamming with, you know, Chuck Logue and Pat Martino. I love playing with those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like Rick Braun and Norman Brown, my good buddy, you know, I love playing with him. Eric Darius, I like to record, you know, something with me and Eric one day, you know, I look at him as my little brother and so many great artists. I, and, uh, I love Boney James. Boney and I seem to be on a lot of, a lot of shows together, so I always enjoy working, you know, on the same show with him and hopefully, you know, sometimes he and I, I get to play together. We do when we do the, uh, smooth, smooth music cruise. We get to jam together, so yeah, a lot of cats out here that I really like playing with. Now, talk about your work with kids. I noticed that sometimes you send out uh, newsletters via email, and it's specifically directed towards kids. How often do you uh, teach young musicians about the, the craft of music? Well, I've been mentoring at a school in the suburbs of Chicago called Elgin. Elgin, Illinois, there's a school that I've been mentoring at. Uh, this is my 13th year with them. Uh, it's called St. Lawrence School, and uh, I've been there, like I said, 13 years. So I started off mentoring there. I also have some students, a couple of students that I teach. Uh, I really can't get into a whole lot of uh, teaching because of my schedule, and I think it would be unfair to the student because I'm gone all the time. But at the school, you know, there are kids who get guitar lessons, and I, you know, I come to the school. I try to be there at least every other week and uh, teach them about music, teach them about the music business, try to show them how I create stuff and show them how to use the computer as a tool to create music. Uh, with my students, I uh, just try to show them how to be a good musician and hopefully how to be a good person because that's most important to me. You know, and I tell them constantly, you know, be the best person you can be first and then let the music follow that, you know. But I just kind of got involved with that. I'm, you know, I'm really into kids. Uh, I, I really believe that all of us need to pass on what we know to the next generation of musicians or whatever business that uh, we have as adults to be able to pass it on to the kids so they'll know something about it. And it's, you know, it bothers me that when the budgets get cut in the schools that the music program is one of the thing, first things to go. And that's why I stayed in St. Lawrence because the music program was cut. Well, that's not the reason I stayed. I stayed because I love the kids, but 
you know, they offered me a job at one point as a music teacher, and when they got some money, and I was like, you know, I can't do that. I don't want to take money from the school. You know, I don't want ever want the kids to feel like I'm coming there because I get a check. You know, I come there because I love them. So I started a newsletter, which I try to get out every month, but sometimes when I'm on the road, it gets a little difficult. I just did one yesterday with an apology to the kids because it's been two months since I put one out. So I, you know, again, in my various clinics that I do for Epiphone, you know, I get to come in contact with a lot of different kids around the states and uh, talk to them and uh, try to show them things about what I do and try to give them tips on how to be a better musician. So those are things that I do, and those are things that are close to my heart. The kids are very close to my heart, and I just want to be able to say, hey, I did my part. I, You know, I'm reaching back, and I'm trying to help them and and trying to realize, realize my dream. And my dream was always to, that one day there would be a kid playing guitar that said, I want to play like Nick Coleon. <laughs> Now, let's talk about the Chicago music scene. As, as we all know, big in blues, uh, big blues festival that they have all, all, all every year. What's your favorite or what music vent ventures do you like to perform at in, in the Chicago area? My favorite thing in Chicago is Taste of Chicago, <laughs> you know. Because that goes on for like almost two weeks, you know, right? And it ends right at the 4th of July, you know. It's such a big festival and it's all the food you could ever think you might want to eat is there, you know, which makes it kind of hard to go on stage after you've eaten all this food walking around there. And it draws millions of people, literally millions. You know. And uh, I love playing that festival. We're kind of short on jazz clubs right now. Uh, a lot of the jazz club, clubs didn't make it, you know, but there's one that's a particular favorite of mine, and it's called The Back Room. And it's kind of a landmark in Chicago. I mean, it's been there since the time when my grandmother was going there, you know, so. And uh, I love playing that being It's small, very intimate, and I like to go back and just, you know, sit in with some of my friends who play down there and stuff. And, uh, Go back to that kind of intimacy, you know, away from the big crowd and, uh, you know, where people are so far away from me. So I love that. And, uh, but we do have a lot of blues here. We got a blues club next door to a blues club next to a door to another blues club. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Gotta ask this question. Cubs or White Sox? Are you a Cub fan or a White Sox fan? I'm basically a White Sox fan, but, you know, I root for Chicago, you know, but the Cubs are kind of, they're getting kind of crazy. I hope they don't get swept in this series. <laughs> but I'm going to say the Sox, but I'm hoping for the Cubs this time. They overdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I agree. Cubs are well overdue. Uh, what do you see yourself doing five, ten years down the road as far as your career? Well, if if things can go the way I would like them to go, what I'd like to see myself doing five years from now is doing more producing of young artists, you know, uh, maybe being able to produce, you know, some new artists and 
maybe if I win the lottery or something, I can realize my real dream, which is to open up a school, you know, and call it the Nicoleon School of Music for underprivileged kids who can't afford, well, not just for underprivileged kids, any kid, where I would have it so that kids who couldn't afford to go to musical lessons and stuff like that could still come to a place and learn about music and hone their craft and get lessons and stuff like that. That's my dream. If listeners wanted to purchase your CD, where can they uh, where can they purchase it? Well, very easily, if they wanted to. Well, pretty I'm pretty sure that it should be in their local music place where they buy music, whatever music store that may be. But they can also purchase it online from Amazon.com, CD Baby, any of the online stores, or through my website, Nicoleon.com. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you very much for being here and having this interview. It's a very good, very great honor for me to be interviewing you. This is um, great. Mom, thank you very Mike, much. Thank you, thank you for taking the time to, to do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. This audio podcast is owned by Mike James and SmoothJazzAndMore.com for the sole purpose of entertaining our audience. Any use of this audio podcast in any other form without the express written consent of Mike James or SmoothJazzAndMore.com is strictly prohibited. Copyright 2008, SmoothJazzAndMore.com. All rights reserved.